Today we bring you a special Tolkien chat in which Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor, and Dave Kale, programming director at Middle Earth Network Radio, discuss their time on the set of the new The Lord of the Rings War in the North documentary produced by G4 and released on the Machinima YouTube channel. Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Kale, Director of Programming at the Middle Earth Network, and I'm here with a special guest, Corey Olson, the Tolkien Professor. And we're going to uh, have a little conversation about a uh, wonderful experience we had, geez, was it almost a month ago now? <laughs> Gosh, it was. Yeah. A uh, wonderful experience we had in, in sort of impromptu, unexpected. It was an unexpected party. That's what it was <laughs> right there. So um, uh, we were both on set for the filming of a um, special documentary being produced uh, for the Sci-Fi Channel about the upcoming Warner Brothers interactive game uh, developed by Snowblind Studios called the Lord of the Rings, War in the North. A pretty interesting game coming out. Um, very soon, in fact. I believe in like three weeks, like early November. So um, Yes, yes, November 1st, yeah. That's right. Uh, and so we were on set for that, um, largely because of the man I'm speaking to here, and I just kind of tagged along. Um, so, uh, Corey, why don't you set this up for us? How on earth did this come about? How did you how did you find out about the interview, and, and how did this whole thing transpire? I'm sure they gave you months of advance warning. <laughs> oh yes, months, months, or hours. Um, no, it was a, it was a, it was a very Hollywood kind of affair. Well, I I was contacted by email by the uh, director of the studio that was producing the documentary and that they were doing this uh, this show and that they wanted to have me on as a Tolkien expert to appear on the on the documentary and answer some questions and stuff and uh, and I said I'd be happy to do that and then he's you know he adds at the bottom of his email he says oh oh and by the way um, we're filming this Monday and this was on a Thursday evening uh, late Thursday evening on the West Coast or on the East Coast I, that I got this email and he says, oh, by the way, we're filming Monday and Tuesday in L.A. <laughs> so it was like four days notice. Um, but we worked it out and I uh, had a kind of a crazy trip and flew out there on a very early morning on Tuesday morning, uh, shot the documentary in the afternoon and then took the red eye back Tuesday night. So um but it was, uh, but it was, it, it was, it was great. I mean, it was a fantastic experience uh, to do this with them. They, uh, the, the, the crew that were putting this together were really, uh, uh, really top notch. They were a really professional group, and um, so it was really neat getting on the set. Uh, it was neat to to get to meet to get to meet the people involved, and even just to just to kind of be there. On the, I mean, I've never really seen uh, a Hollywood set, you know, as their. Uh, as as they're actually sort of setting up and filming, and of course to actually be in the middle of it was was really pretty cool. But uh, but even just to see it was was pretty fascinating. Yeah, I certainly thought so. I mean, uh, I, I the whole thing seemed like just a whirlwind experience the way it came together. I I think I got a, a an email from you like Thursday or Friday saying like, oh, I might be in L.A. early next week. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, wow, all right. Um, well, I'll I can take the day off from work. Why not? And the, yeah, the being on set was was pretty fun. Um, uh, I was kind of overwhelmed by just like how you know, I was just I I don't know about you, but I was overwhelmed by the setup. It was amazing how many um, how many how large the crew was, how much equipment they had. They were they were shelling out the big bucks. How how do you? Th I'm sure this sure this is pretty much standard for the other documentaries you've been involved in, right? 
<laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no. Uh, the, this is the second time that I've been uh, on a documentary like that. The first time was the History Channel show, part of the Clash of the Gods series that was uh, put on by the History Channel back in 2009. Um, that was uh, very different, very different. When I was on that set, that was shot in New York, uh, and it was shot in this little studio apartment in New York, which had been converted into a studio. There were three total people there, uh, and I was sort of uh, kind of sitting on a stool in the like small chin of the studio apartment, uh, waiting for my turn to go in and do the uh, and uh, and had, have my turn in front of the camera. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was different. <laughs> it was very different. Uh, I mean, you know, the other was a good production, and I mean, like you know, I I it came out fine and everything, but it was definitely different. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I, I it was it was unlike anything I've really been to either. <laughs> So, what can you remember um, the, about the the folks who were involved? So, I remember the director was a gentleman named Mike, and uh, there was Tracy Williams, Warner Brothers Interactive. So, um, what what do you remember about the uh, the folks who were involved? Well, I thought they were really great. I mean, uh, uh, Mike Bullard, the director of the production, um, was really good. I mean, their production company is independent is an independent production company that does a lot of. Uh, they work with a lot of video games, doing making trailers and uh, and commercials and documentaries. And I just I thought that his team was fantastic. I mean, I just you know they they really they really had things together and uh, had a really comfortable setup. They chose an amazing site. I mean, the location of the set was really cool. Uh, we were in the basement, well, sort of the basement area, this sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, it was like this kind of crypt area underneath this, uh, this old, uh, stone mission building, um, out there in LA. And it was, uh, it was, it was this really neat space with this sort of low, uh, low arched ceilings and, um, and dirt floors. And they had made a, they had, uh, made the place up to look like to look like a tavern they were they were going for like a sort of a prancing pony effect um with it and they did it, it was it, it was great i mean they had this, this awesome wooden furniture and like these casks and things sitting around and they even had a guy with the uh with the uh the smoke machine to kind of make it look just ever so faintly smoky in the room behind us and um anyway so that was uh that was really fun, and uh, so no, I, I thought that they were fantastic, and it was really neat uh, to get to meet uh, Tracy Williams from Warner Brothers Interactive, and uh, and you know sort of hear. I was I was really just glad to hear how involved she was. Um, it, it was one of the things you know you often. Uh, I know that you know many people certainly are under the impression when they see things like the video games and stuff like that that um, I, at least the impression I've always gotten from conversations with other Tolkien fans is that sort of the assumption on the part of most Tolkien fans is that the people involved in making these games are like you know kind of money grubbers out to like make a buck on Tolkien stuff because they can't. But you know, like I was really impressed with how dedicated to Tolkien stuff uh she really seemed to be. I mean, like the people I, I was I was impressed with, you know, sort of her as a representative of Warner Brothers Interactive that they clearly uh they clearly are dedicated to what they're doing and are really interested in in actually exploring Tolkien's works in interesting ways and uh and that was uh, it was you know our conversations with her were were really a a a a highlight of my day even if just for that reason it's just, you know just to sort of dispel some of the um kind of cynical assumptions i think that a lot of people uh make about um video game creators and and stuff like that you know just as 
you know, many people were kind of interested to hear or reassured by kind of discovering from the documentaries on the uh, on the Lord of the Rings films that you know how much. Peter Jackson had always been a Tolkien fan and was so and and was was really engaged with it. You know, I think that uh it was it was really neat to hear and sort of see evidence some sort of similar evidence um at uh Warner Brothers Interactive. So that I thought that was really cool and it makes me uh it made me not only more interested in this game The War in the North but uh, but interested to see what they come up with in the future. Yep, I completely agree. I was really sort of, I was kind of stunned at the um, care that was being put into this, uh, and and in particular the interest that uh, Tracy Williams um, um, seemed to put on authenticity about, you know, being good stewards of the the Tolkien story and and of the world that all the fans love, and trying to all the while they're you know obviously trying to make some money and sell a product, uh, but but also to tell authentic stories that really, even though they're new stories, they really belong in Tolkien world. So I think we're running short on time, so we need to get to the really big couple of pieces about it. Um, First, uh, you got to meet somebody famous. We both got to meet somebody famous, didn't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it was a, a sort of a cool surprise. I had uh, no idea, really, the other people were uh, who were involved in this, but uh, they had all invited um, a couple of the actors from the Lord of the Rings films uh, to be in this documentary, and apparently Dominic Monaghan had been there on the Monday, on the day before uh, we were there, so I didn't get a chance to meet him. But Sean Astin, um, who of course played Sam in the films, was uh, was on right after me, so 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 basically, we we were kind of hanging out and talking to people anyway. So we got to uh, hang out and watch Sean Astin's interview and uh, and get to talk with him afterwards. And that was that was that was a lot of fun. It was funny as as my listeners will know from comments I've made on many occasions. Um, I you know I am a big proponent of the. Sam Gamgee is the ultimate hero of the Lord of the Rings school of thought, and uh, and so I was, you know, I, I was kind of sharing this with uh, Sean Astin afterwards. Say, you know, I, I, you know, Sam Gamgee really was the primary hero of the Lord of the Rings, and the funny thing was, I don't think he believed me. That is, I I I, I got the distinct impression that he just thought I was flattering him by by saying that, but I, I you know, of course, I really meant it, but um, yeah, but he I didn't mean, think you were cool. being a just like a weird, creepy fan at all. No, no. Fortunately, that was uh, very clear that he did not think that in any way. So that was good. Hey, he didn't. Uh, he he didn't. Like he sat and talked to you for a good five or so minutes before he started uh, slowly trying to edge away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was good. We had a nice conversation. But it was good. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, it was it was very clear from you know from hearing his from talking to him. You know, he he clearly is very you know it, it's it's obvious that even now in retrospect, ten years later, that you know being in those films was a was was really a huge thing for him, and you know that he was he was very very personally moved and very involved with those films. Um, but he still doesn't know very much about Tolkien. Is also pretty clear. <laughs> Yes. I, not somebody who, as much as that experience meant to him, he was not converted into really being a Tolkien fan by that. Um, At least not his, a scholar. No, not 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 exactly, not exactly. He uh, he was um, he was showing a, a fairly 
uh, loose grasp uh, on the plot of The Hobbit, for instance. Um, but you know, like whatever, it's fine. <laughs> like, That's I, right. <laughs> I, I don't demand that the that. I mean, I realize that actors in films are, you know, they are professionals who are getting paid to do what they do. You know, it's like he doesn't actually have to be Sam Gamgee or anything. You know, it's fine. Like I understand, but hey, but he, yeah, yeah. At least he's read it. I don't know if you've heard this before, but apparently Michael Gambon uh, absolutely refused to read Harry Potter once he was cast uh, oh, as yeah? Dumbledore. Yeah, because he just felt like he didn't want to be tethered to the to the Dumbledore of the book. He wanted to play his own Dumbledore. As you can imagine, that he wasn't universally reviled, but he certainly didn't make any friends with that comment. So, Right. Um, uh, probably like uh, J.K. Rowling is probably among the people who were made his unfriends by yes. that comment, perhaps. But. <laughs> yes. So tell me one last thing. What did you think of the game? I thought the game was really, I mean, we didn't uh, get a chance to play it for too long, but I thought um, it's definitely um, in concept, I think it's really good. Um, That is, I mean, the concept, the concept is actually quite similar to sort of the original core concept of Lord of the Rings Online. That is, uh, that you're playing a party of characters who has to go on a quest up in, uh, up in the north and, you know, the old ruins of Arnor, you know, you start it, uh, start by going up to, um, to to Fornost and you end up apparently going to like Gundabad, the mountain fortress of the goblins in North and stuff. And um, it, certainly the scenery was amazing. Um, and so I, certainly I think video games have the best um, are are one of the best vehicles to do. That is kind of filling in the blank spaces, allowing you to travel in some of these places which are mentioned in Tolkien's books, which you never go to, and which are never described and never really have any stories told about them, though you know there are stories about them, like Fornost. Um, We're told that was the great kings of the north. Hooray! But we never go there. We never really hear much about it. Um, And so it's really neat to get a chance to kind of go and, uh, you know, sort of be a part of uh, of this story. And I know that, you know, like not everybody sort of thinks about video games that way and really um kinds of kind of thinks of them as a, sort of a sub creative enterprise but i think they you know there are ways in which they can be and i think that that's um that that's pretty interesting i think especially you know one of the the primary way in which the war in the north is different i think conceptually from the the Lord of the Rings online thing is that it's it's much more narrative driven. That is, it's much more of a linear plot um, than just kind of an open world for people to explore. I know that there are like quests and things in Lord of the Rings online, but it's still just pretty open. Um, whereas this is much more sort of plot based, which again I think is interesting because it it uh, it tells this this other story this this. Uh, this this story, which which parallels and goes along next to uh, Tung's main story and takes part in these other places, but really kind of fleshes them out, and also characters like uh, you know getting a chance to meet uh, Elrond's sons, Eladon and Elro here, which is pretty cool. I I, I thought that that was one of my favorite parts. That and the U catastrophe button. Uh, that is apparently <laughs> early in the game you rescue an eagle, and then you, like there's this button combo that you push to like have the eagle come and swoop down and crush things. Um, never gets old. I found. Um, so. So, uh, so yes, having an actual U catastrophe button uh, on the Xbox controller, pretty awesome. Yes, um, but no, but generally, I, I I thought it was great. I look forward to uh, someday having time to play it more, <laughs> <laughs> or play uh, any 
Lord of the Rings game. <laughs> For instance, yes. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I would do if I had much more time. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, I thought I thought that it was it was definitely worthwhile, and I I would be very. I mean, the thing that would really drive me to want to do, to play it more is to really see more about the story that they're telling because I think that video games like this can be I think a really interesting medium for storytelling if they're done properly and and again I was I was um encouraged uh by the effort that they were putting into it that they really are thinking about it in those kinds of narrative terms so for I know that's not what everybody looks for in a video game but for me I thought that that you know that was that was something I was very interested by Yep, I I completely agree. Well, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance here to answer the question that you refused to answer during the documentary, and that is, how do you feel about that? You know, the the sort of the driving theme or the the that line from the book that's behind this whole game about you know the the war in the north, that where uh, Gandalf's talking to <laughs> to the hobbits and explaining oh. about the valiant efforts that went into defending the north from the forces of Sauron during the War of the Ring. Uh, yes, yes. Well, they did kind of take that quote a little bit out of context um, and alter it in very significant ways. But basically, yeah, I mean, that was the the, where, the place where Gandalf was talking about uh, the, f- the fights up in um, the Lonely Mountain and Dale. But but there's it's still it's like the concept you know they were they, that they're trying to they were kind of taking the the idea of the valiant <laughs> deeds that were done by people off screen you know or you know off stage in the Lord of the Rings and kind of expanding that but yeah yeah they uh, um, it was it was actually I felt it, I felt it was a little bit unfair because clearly the people who were running the documentary didn't know that the quotation had been altered from the I I know that the people who made the game knew that they were kind of you know altering that in order to set up the set up the game but I I don't think the production people did know that so <laughs> yes so they asked me to comment on that quote and I was like uh that that would require a long explanation and me saying that uh they got the they Changed the quote, <laughs> so, yeah. and they kept asking everyone that, and and yes. everyone else they fell in line and said, "Oh yeah, I think it's wonderful. They're pushing the boundaries and going into the unexplored regions of Middle Earth, yeah. and you had to be the one jerk who's like, I- I'd rather not." <laughs> I know. Well, I, I I said I like the concept, but yeah, <laughs> the quotation is just it's that's not the quotation in the book. Well, we won't hold it against him, will we? Yeah. No. 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 It's fine. It's fine. I understand. I understand the spirit of the thing. So, well, I want to thank you for uh, for taking the time to share your thoughts. Um, much delayed. I've been meaning to do this for a while, and I'm gonna write up a little uh, report for RON for Middle Earth News, and and then uh, share our interview as well. And uh, anything, any messages you'd like to uh, to pass out into the great beyond that hopefully the Warner Brothers people will uh, catch wind of. Ooh, yes. Gosh, there should be. Hang on, I'm I'm already four minutes late for section. Um, Have your game developers sign up for classes at Mixer. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's kind of more or less what I would like to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't think of anything less crass than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. All right, Corey. Well, I'll let you go teach now. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, buddy. Have a good evening. Thanks. You too. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye. Before we let you go, we want to remind you that spring enrollment is open at the Mythgard Institute. There are two wonderful classes being taught this spring that you should definitely not miss out on. One on Tolkien and Lewis, taught by Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor, but another one about the boy wizard Harry Potter, taught by the Potter pundits of Pottercast fame, 
Travis Prinzi, John Granger, and James Thomas. You do not want to miss out on these classes. They're going to allow you to look at the literature that you love in a way that you've never done so before. Go to MythGuard.org and sign up today.